Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Nurse Freedom International broadcast. And with me are nurses from all over the world coming together. And I have Kristen Nagel from Canada, Kate Shemirani from UK, Rachel Seller from Virginia, USA, and Dr. Kevin P. Corbett from UK, and yours truly from Princeton, New Jersey, all the way imported from the Philippines. <laughs> so together, we have over, let's just say over 120 years of clinical experience together. And that's hands-on experience at the bedside from the hospital nursing, community nursing to health and wellness nursing. So we have all the credibility that we can share and that's why we're doing this together. So I usually ask when you are in the hospital, when you have some problems or troubles, who do you come to? Who do you look for to search for an answer, to search for help? I know you're gonna say you look for a nurse, right? And when you are in school and kids have some issues, who do they come to if they're anxious, they have some boo-boo in their body? They ask for the nurse, right? And in the community nursing, same thing. And isn't it that when you are in social gatherings, whether it be family, friends, as soon as they know that you are a nurse, what do they say? They tell you, they tell you all about their troubles and problems, as you see. So now is the time that we come together and I want you to listen carefully. So what we're going to do is like our beautiful roundtable conversations, sharing our little experiences because we all come from different backgrounds. And that with experiences, listen carefully because in the words, there's messages and there's power in it. And that's scalar energy that we're trying to impart to you as well. So I'll start with Kristen and then just Kristen will just keep the ball rolling. Go ahead, Kristen. All right. I'm Kristen Nagel. Uh, I've been a nurse for 14 years, primarily in the neonatal intensive care unit. I am also a registered holistic nutritionist. So I am fortunate to be able to see the conventional allopathic side of medicine, but most importantly, the holistic approach with that focuses on the mind, body, spirit, and getting to the root cause of illness and disease in the body. Um, so I've been terminated for speaking up um, for medical freedom, medical transparency, informed consent, and um, for advocating for more natural approach within our healthcare system. And we know that when you go against the narrative, they try to bully you and silence you. With that, I would not be stopped and I was able to form um, a co-founded with another nurse here in Ontario, Canada, uh, Canadian Frontline Nurses. So we're growing quite largely around Canada and connecting like on this call today with nurses from all over the world to hopefully transform the healthcare system. Not so much trying to fight against the system in place because that system as we know and we're gonna learn more about today is um, built based on corruption. It's based to keep people sick and keep people as customers. We're focusing here on a, uh, to create because it's time to build something new based on a more holistic approach to actual health and well-being. So I'm really excited to be here with all of you today because I know that we are changing history and this is what the, the world is ready for. Mm -hmm. 
Anyone wants to follow Chris, Kristen? Go ahead, Kate. Um, I'm Kate Shamarani. I'm known as Natural Nurse in a Toxic World. I first trained as a nurse in 1984, so that's what, 36 years ago. I worked in gynecology. I worked in theatres. I worked with the mentally handicapped. I was one of the inaugural nurses at NHS Direct. And then I worked in aesthetics. In that time, I also had a break and I became a flight attendant and flew all over the world. And please don't think that that's not connected because we had medical emergencies at 40,000 feet with no doctors on board. And that really showed me. And coming into land with a gentleman having a heart attack, then you really know what your skills are. Um, I then became a mummy. And let me tell you, that gave me a whole new skill set. Four children in three and a half years uh, taught me an awful lot that I wouldn't, wouldn't really have learned because that teaches you um, a lot about um, when emotions come into it, how we, how we act as well as, as patients. I then... Um, went and I did my independent nurse prescriber as well. And I was running my aesthetics business. But actually um, in um, 2012, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer. And it was at that time that I realized um, after surgery that I wasn't going to go down the conventional route. And I uh, saw that everything I'd really learned was incorrect. I then went on and followed the Gerson therapy, the full Gerson therapy, I never wavered for two years, mistletoe injections, B17 and vitamin C, and also the healing code. I did that for two years. I did my diploma in nutrition and I began treating my own patients with a more naturopathic approach. And every day I learned something new. I then uh, took a post on local radio as the health and wellness expert. I didn't give myself that title. I'm never professed to be an expert. As I say, every day we learn something new. I then began to uh, be very big on social media and I was very fortunate during a series of interviewing uh, cancer survivors who were all uh, terminal. I survived cancer my way. I learned a lot more and I then met the very um, intelligent and articulate Rachel Seller, the forensic nurse, and that's how we became friends. And then of course, we all know what happened next, the pandemic, scamdemic. And that was to see me getting fired from my job on the radio for speaking out. It suspended from the nursing register, even though I've now resigned, they continue. And I then met Dr. Kevin Corbett and together we have formed the British Nursing Alliance. We have Rachel Seller on board, we have Grace on board and we have Kristen on board. And again, as Kristen's so eloquently put it, the time is here. There is a void in healthcare. People are not getting treatment. This whole system is a lock and load. You inject the babies and you give them the very diseases that is going to keep them in the healthcare system, which is actually not a healthcare at all. It's a disease system, the hospitals, and you get charged for it all the way along, including your disposal. So we are all about reversing disease and avoiding disease because of, of course, if we teach the patient about how to eat the right foods and get out of a toxic environment, and that's my handle, natural nurse in a toxic world, there'll be no need for most of this degenerative disease care because that's what it is. And that is what we aim to do. And we're now hearing no mask, no treatment, no test, no treatment. No vaccine, no treatment. Well, good, we don't need your treatment 
because we're going to create a system, we're going to reverse disease, and we are indeed 21st century nurses. Thank you for having me on board. It's a great honor. Thank you, Sister Kate. I'm so happy to be here today with all of you. And um, my name is Rachel Seller. I go by the forensic nurse. I expose medical crime, one misdiagnosis at a time. I am a Navy Hospital Corpsman veteran. Um, I am a registered nurse licensed in the state of Florida. After my nursing training, I went on to study as a doctor of natural medicine. I am a naturopath and I help people reverse disease naturally around the world. I founded fisherofmenministry.org to help people find healing and cure, biblical healing and cure. There's no mystery to diseases like cancer, autoimmune disease, Lyme disease. All conditions can be reversed naturally. So all of this healing and cure has been suppressed in the medical system from the beginning. And so I help people around the world. And one thing I just wanna say is that, you know, that it's the Bible says that all things done in the dark will come to light. So now everything is coming to truth we are seeing the, the lies of the enemy. And um, after everyone introduces themselves, I'm gonna read something that I wrote um, as an urgent update as the People's Nurses International. So I'm, I have my website, theforensicnurse.org as a resource, and I'm really excited. I just put a new page up under self-help resources. You can go to clingheartacademy.com. You can learn about the neural therapy and advanced healing. I have archived all of Dr. Robert Kidd's protocols and case studies from every kind of conditions you, you can think of, including the injection site of vaccinations that cause disease throughout the whole body and interference field, a blockage in your energetic field. So thank you so much for um, having me on, Sister Grace, and I'm just humbled to be here among all of you. And uh, with that, I yield to Dr. Kevin Corbett. Don't forget to unmute, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, hello, I'm Kevin Corbett, um, based in the United Kingdom. Thank you for inviting me on the channel tonight. I qualified as a nurse in 1986, just thinking how long ago that was. I think it was longer than Kate's, maybe by a year. And um, I've worked in lots of areas of clinical practice, acute medicine, surgery, intensive care, and also infectious diseases, HIV and AIDS, gentilurinary medicine, and sexual health, family planning, well, man's, well men's health, and also forensic nursing as well. So quite a range there. And also psychosexual counseling and psychosexual medicine. So I've also, in parallel, having an a clinical career, I've had an academic career as um, first of all, as a trainer, a clinical trainer, then as a what we call a lecturer practitioner, which is half academic, half clinical, then as a lecturer and a senior lecturer over the last 25 years. So in the last 40 years of my clinical practice, I've had a parallel academic career. I have a PhD in social sciences, and my PhD looked at people's experiences of HIV antibody testing, T-cell counting and PCR viral load for HIV. And that was 25 years ago. And that's how I learned about all these issues to do with medical testing and testing technology and all the flaws in the allopathic approach to looking at the body as a mechanical object and not as a spiritual holistic uh, 
phenomenon. And a long time ago in the 1990s, I learned a lot about this. I lived through the 1980s and late 1970s with the HIV AIDS, so-called pandemic. And what we've gone through in the last year, we went through in the 1980s and 1990s, the scandemic of HIV and AIDS based on flawed testing, flawed medications, actually murderous medications like AZT. So I had this realization a long time ago now, 25 to 30 years ago, and I came out of that whole approach, even though I worked in the services, my mental um, ability, my thinking expanded, and I was linking with community groups and people around HIV and AIDS, scientists and patients who are contesting all the orthodox approaches. So when we come to what happened last year, I already knew that the PCR test and the whole testing technology was a fraud. There was never any scientific basis to it. It's, it's, it's a front, it is a scam. And it's now what they've done with the, H, the PCR for, and, and the whole COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2, it's exactly like HIV and AIDS. SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, HIV, AIDS, exactly the same. Only with COVID and SARS-CoV-2, it's fear on a huge, much bigger scale than it was with HIV and AIDS. And in the 90s and 2000s, I linked with the Canadian dissident, uh, David Crow, who led the reappraising AIDS group, the Rethinking AIDS group. And I was linking with all these scientists like Peter Jewsberg, Eleni Papadopoulos in Australia, all the AIDS distance I've worked with and I know them very well. And I'm part of that reappraising AIDS group that's based in the United States, but actually is global. So I've got great links and great understanding of where we are today and the role that integrative approaches are increasingly playing in our own healthcare and how we, how we run our care of our health and our own responsibility for health. So what we're living through, I think now, is the failure of the allopathic model. And this was well predicted. This is predicted from 1976. Can you read the title of that book by Weizenbaum? And in this book, published in 1976 by Weizenbaum, who was a computer expert, he analyzed the effect of algorithmic thinking on us and its role in society. And he, he said this, and I'll just quote this one sentence. Even physicians, formerly a culture's very symbol of power, are powerless as they increasingly become mere conduits between their patients and the major drug manufacturers. Patients in turn have become more and more passive objects on whom cures are wrought and to whom things are done. Their own inner healing resources, their capacities for self-reintegration, whether psychic or physical, are more and more regarded as irrelevant in a medicine that can hardly distinguish a human patient from a manufactured object. And that was written in 1976. So these are very, very important people that have written books like this. They knew what was being created post-war, post-Second World War, and they knew where we were going. And now we're living through this death of allopathy and this resurgence in integrative, integrative approaches of which all of you 
are far more clinical, clinically ahead perhaps than I am um, as a, a sort of clinical academic. But you know, I'm here standing with you, and I've learned so much from Kate Shamarani in the last year, last eight months, and so much from all of you from looking at your profiles and looking at your um, you know your personas online. And I can offer my, you know, 30 years of clinical and academic practice. Uh, I've done the same thing as you guys have done, but maybe in the HIV AIDS area, contesting that. But now I think we're all in this ballpark together, this new fight um, where we're all facing what Kristen and, and Kate's facing. I've been in a legal process for the last six months, and I'm glad to say that the charges against me have been dropped by the police because there's no evidence. So I'm off the hook, and um, but I'm still out there fighting and um, ready to go. That's me. Well, thank you all. Um, as I keep getting to know all of you, I keep seeing the common bind that we have together. And I will tell you my story because in each of that threat, especially coming from the Philippines, you'll know what I mean. And I guess that's the spirit in us that brought us together. So I was trained in the Philippines. And although I was trained in the science of nursing in regular college of nursing, I never really let go of learning about our indigenous medicine. So I've always combined that and but not all my classmates did that. So I keep doing that, you know, hanging out with um, ordinary people, healing. And at the same time, I was in school taking all the exams. So I, I find that meaning of my study of getting to know all types of healing from different angles. But from that time on, I know that because I believe that we are made in the image of God, image of a divine creator. So I said, it's impossible that there is no natural solution for every illness, especially when in school, they said, you can, you, once you have hypertension, you will not let you, you forever take the meds. So I said, okay, but of course, you just stay quiet. Don't be arguing that in school. And I went to a Catholic university. However, before that, I went to a Protestant high school. And in the community, I was with all kinds of religions. So you see, so I have a mix of all the exposure from different friends. And because of that, I guess my strength when I came to United States already is the strength of blending everything together for the purpose of healing, for the purpose of doing your purpose, your mission in life as you came here as God's creation. And so it was like, and just like Kevin, I, I came into United States at the height or of the AIDS pandemic as well. So, you know, and, and I, I see all of that and then I never believed that narrative as well. And then, of course, then I, when I had my, I decided to have a child already. Now, right from that, from the very beginning, and I know that Kate's story began also with her being a, I mean, Kate and, and Kristen's story began with that being a mother, okay? 
And so when I said to myself, I will prepare my body. So I'm so I'm said, empower my body, make my body whole, because I'm putting now another co-creation of God. And that's how I look at my baby during that time. So from that time, so everything is like wrapped in the biochemistry, but at the same time, recognizing that we are spiritual beings coming here. So like, so I got good in prevention. So I didn't end up with, uh, with any autoimmune. Okay, but then, then I got good in rest curative because when I get ill and when my baby was still uh, two, two years old, I remember him getting, having that swollen extremities. And I have to ask myself, if I bring him to the doctor, what will they do? I said, they're going to just give him a Lasix. I said, I don't think I want that. So I kept thinking and I happened to have a babysitter who was from Guatemala. So we put our heads together. What will our grandparents do? And I called the Philippines. So we began to soak his legs with, because he was breathing nicely. So I know it was an emergency. Okay, most of the illnesses are not emergency. So I soaked those legs with vinegar and salt. And then I just keep wrapping it three times a day. And, you know, as long as I can see, he's wetting his diaper. So I have no problem that he is accumulating it. So that's just one of the many stories that I have for natural solutions coming from indigenous healing. And, and so all of this just accumulates. And when you practice what you know, and most of the nurses I met know something. They know something that they got from their family, from their culture, but then they seem to have a problem applying it to themselves. You see, the fear that I see right now is forgetting the nature of our body, the nature of our being. And once we forget that, then you'll just suck up all this information from doctors, from whoever, and one, one TV to another. So basically for me and for all these people, for all of us right here, we share that because I know we're not alone. You are out there. So we just want you to remind you what you have. You have a power that Florence Nightingale inspired us to have. So with that, I'm going to pass it on to Rachel because Rachel wrote something powerful and I want her to share that. Thank you, Sister Grace. Um, well, I just want to say that, you know, the Bible says that we are to be of one mind and of one judgment, that there be no divisions among us, okay, that we be all equally united in the spirit of truth. When I was 18 years old, I was injecting newborn babies with hepatitis B vaccination, which is a cancer cell line. The MRC5 cell line from the aborted fetuses, I didn't know at the time what I was doing. I never read an insert. So I released a video. My first YouTube video ever was titled Cancer-Laced Vaccines, a nine-minute video. So I did. I have since repented many times for injecting those babies with that cancer cell line. So this is an urgent update from the People's Nurses International. I will expose the lies of the enemy and the doctrines of devils spread through government, scientific and academic propaganda. This propaganda is designed to kill, steal and destroy human life. They are the weird cult of science worship, a satanic religion that partakes in blood rituals of human and animal sacrifice for their vaccine witchcraft. 
the sorcery that has deceived all nations from Revelation chapter 18 of the Holy Bible. Their satanic rituals include mask wearing, six feet apart, and social distancing. They are defiled with their own works, and they go whoring after their own inventions. Inventors of evil things patent their ideas. Vaccination is penetration by the beast, and vaccines are infectious blood products and bioweapons that destroy and break apart your physical and spiritual bonds that God has put together. I have been invited Amen. to serve. I have been invited to serve, thank you, sister, as a board member for the British Nursing Alliance, led by natural nurse in the toxic world, Kate Shemarani and Dr. Kevin Corbett. I will teach nurses how to forensically collect and examine a proper medical history. I will teach biblical healing and cure. I will share the most sophisticated healing protocols of nano blood cleansing techniques using light, super oxygen, minerals, magnets, and botanical extracts. We will examine the root cause of disease and misdiagnosis. Bedside diagnostics using hands-on, palpation, and autonomic response testing. You will need no pharma drugs. The knowledge I share, the knowledge and wisdom I share is world-class on how to cure disease naturally. God promises healing and cure to his people. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 6 in the Holy Bible. Amen again. Fantastic. <laughs> Who's next? Christine. I can, I can uh, pass on to that. Um, you know, I came across Rachel and I just want to say, uh, we've, Rachel's even taught me, you know, I trained so long ago, 1984, and I learned so much from the Gerson therapy uh, I had a practitioner, Catherine Alexander. She actually wrote the training program for the Gerson Institute. She's incredible. I learned so much from that. And my own journey of having cancer was, was, was nothing bad. The only thing bad that happened to me was not listening to my gut. And within three weeks of diagnosis, I had a double mastectomy and a reconstruction. And what was to save my life was my ex-husband, and taking in two books. And I took in Max Gerson's, A Report of 50 Cases and The China Study. I was in there for a week. On day two, I signed myself out of the London Clinic. This is one of the top hospitals in Europe. And every time I then read, I would read a book, I would read maybe a couple of studies, I would go off references and I'd read even more references. And it was, it was the most incredible thing to learn and, you know, to, to, to then realize that you've had a tap on your shoulder, because what it actually did was it made me change everything for my four children. It probably, you know, my children were vaccinated as children. I had premature twins that were vaccinated on day two, five weeks early with a TB shot. One has Reynolds, one ended up with a postural orthostatic tachycardia and in a wheelchair for nine months when he was 17 years old. All of these things I backtracked to these, these uh, lock and load vaccines when they were babies. It was to stop me getting the HPV vaccine. It was literally to hold me. And um, in the last four years, I've become a Christian and I found everything else was already in the one book. It was all in scripture. Everything I haven't really needed to know to point me in the right direction was in scripture. 
not a biography, a theology. It's it's to show you when you read it. And, you know, would I have even would I have even gone the route I'd gone now? really simple things when I did the Gerson therapy for me personally I had many health issues my eyesight was failing I had plantar fasciitis when I got out of bed in the morning my feet were killing me all my joints were hurting my menstrual cycle was all over the place it was really heavy I was anemic I had an undiagnosed thyroid condition hypothyroidism and autoimmune thyroiditis and all of these things weren't picked up when I was diagnosed at this very fancy hospital privately. As soon as I began doing the Gerson therapy, everything healed. When you give your body what it needs, the nutrients it needs to address the underlying deficiency, and you take away the burden from the liver, the liver is the site foreman, your entire circulation goes through your liver every three minutes. The liver is to cancer as the heart is to vascular disease. When you take away that burden from the liver and you begin to detox the liver to clear the methylation pathways, then what happened to me was everything healed. Now, I had two older sisters, two older sisters, one two years older, one four years older. So this is where people start to say, oh, well, it's genetic. My mom had cancer. My sister had cancer. This is not true. Genetics is only a part of it. What switches on genes or switches off them is diet and environment. So at 46 years old, I was diagnosed. At 48 and a half years old, I menopaused. One month I had a menstrual cycle. The next month, I never ever had one again. And I'm now 55 and a half years old. I've never had a hot flush. I've never had any of the symptoms that we are told are menopause. In fact, in some cultures, there's no word for menopause because they don't get the symptoms. It's a Western thing. Now, both my older sisters, one is still going through, so I'm now 55, my sister's 57, one is still going through menopause. So if it were indeed genetic, surely I would have menopaused after both of my older sisters. So what was it? I didn't take tamoxifen, I didn't take Zolidex, I was advised to. I was then advised my estrogen was really high. So I should, if I'm not going to do that, I should go and have my ovaries out. I didn't want anything that our creator had given me cut off. I wanted to go to my grave with everything else that was still there. Thank you. And so I didn't, I did it with diet. I did it with environment. I did it with the healing code, a prayer to God. And I also took a herb called freeing the sun which helps to clear the, the methylation pathway. I began to take that herb, freeing the sun, six months before I menopaused. And like I say, I can really empathize with women saying they have hot flushes. I, I, I feel terrible for them. I've never had one. I've never had anything. And, I, and let's talk about this because we are, we are we're also sexual beings. And I see women, you know, when, when we have our relationship before God with the one that we love, our, sex, our sexuality and how we express that is a big part, that physical relationship. And I hear a lot of women, they can no longer have a sexual relationship with their partner because of these physical problems they get into that they call menopause. I don't have any of these problems. So this should be investigated. This is not just put right with a pill or an injection. It's really not. Everything we need was given to us. It's, it was given to us. It's in Genesis. It was given to us. And, um, and we need to find that. And another thing I did as well was B17. 
It's found in the seeds of the fruits of the trees. And it has four molecules. It has glucose, glucose, benzaldehyde, and cyanide. The, two, the last two completely inert. But when they come into contact with beta-glucosidase, which is found in much greater quantities in cancer cells, synergy occurs. It goes into the cells. It causes apoptosis of those cancer cells. Then it filters through your liver and it's converted to B12. It's used for analgesic for pain relief and it's used as antiseptic. This is fantastic. It's created for us. And so I did that as well. So these are all things that we should be utilizing. We can eat two apples a day and chew the seeds. And that would be a good prophylactic dose. It would give us enough B17. So you see everything that we see in pharmakia, witchcraft and sorcery is the Greek, Greek translation. They take a natural a natural thing that's there by our creator. They isolate the active compound, they being the sorcerers and these wizards, they take the active compound, they make a synthetic version, they patent it, and then they roll it out. And these synthetic versions have so many side effects, they have to give us more synthetic versions to suppress all these side effects. And before you know it, all of the 40 year olds plus are on four pharmaceutical drugs by design. That's what they said. They want all of us on these drugs. And that's what you have. And you see these people bumbling around the supermarkets with a trolley full of garbage. And they have so many health issues. They're, they're, you know, they're in their 40s, 50s. I'm sure Dr. Corbett won't mind me saying, this gentleman is over 65. I believe he's 66. I've stood next to him. He's like a spring chicken. He cycles miles and miles. He's lean. He's, he's over the age of retiring and look at him. It's diet and exercise and he's not on any pharmaceutical drugs. And this is what we see. They're wandering around the supermarket on all these drugs, just creating customers. And this is a lie and we owe it. I believe it's in, is it the book of Daniel, Rachel? I'm, I'm a newbie at all this. Or is it the book of David? If you know it to be true and you don't speak it, it's a sin. We know it to be true. We owe it to our brothers and sisters in Christ to speak the truth. And if we're not speaking the truth, we're complicit in a crime. Absolutely. And I think that's why we're all here, right? Is to kind of speak our truth and to stand up and not comply. Because when you do comply, you consent. And those complaining about, you know, where things are going and not wanting to consent and not wanting to do this, um, they need they need to stop being lukewarm and start standing up and making the change. And I think that's going to be the difference. And it is interesting because we do have, need to be having these conversations. And we have been focusing too much on disease and just prescriptions. It's, that's all it is, disease, prescription. It's Band-Aid uh, treatments, right? Because that's what they want to do is keep you in the system. They're never meant to cure you. And it's very interesting to me that doctors or the allopathic medicine have kind of like coined the the word cure, they're literally the only ones that can use it. I know like in holistic health or anything else, you can't use the word cure or healing. They've like taken it out of um, the language. So it's very fascinating to me that the one area that does not cure or treat are the only ones allowed to use that word. And I think it's fascinating, it's all by design to continue that manipulation and that brainwashing to use words like that in that system to make you think that that's happening and then to take it away from the other other communities of that actually do provide 
cures and healing, but we need to say we're, we're supporting, or, you know, we have to change our language when we're actually, you know, guiding people to healing their bodies. And I find it quite fascinating. And these conversations need to happen. We need to shift our focus from disease and more into prevention and health promotion. And that is something that has been missing always from the sick care system because they don't want to prevent um, you know, sickness, they, they want you sick. Otherwise, you know, we'd be hearing more about vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and all these natural um, remedies. I mean, in Canada, they are really pushing the story that vitamin D is fake news, like it's fake science, like they ban anything to do with the vitamin D, because they don't want these natural remedies getting out. And I find it very fascinating that when you see People, you know, you mentioned um, Dr. Corbett, you know, like vibrant and healthy at 66 and, you know, like the rest of us that are trying to promote health and our way of living, um, we're silenced. And it's the ones that are clearly unhealthy, you know, working in that sick care system that are getting the voices. And you would think, wouldn't people want to start asking questions and wanting to know more? Well, how are you doing this? But the brainwashing has been so deep set um, that everyone's either scared or not willing to ask questions or look into their own health. And I think that's the scary thing too, is when people, people have to start looking in inward. Right. And I think that's something that people don't want to do because they have to take responsibility. They have to do the deep work. They have to look at their traumas. They have to do their own healing and they have to do it all themselves. And we become so complicit and so lazy, full of these conveniences around us that we don't want to take responsibility over our lives. We want someone else to make decisions for us we've become so decision fatigued that we can't even take responsibility over the one thing that matters most. And that is our health and our physical body as well as our, our, our spiritual connection too. So it's very interesting um, conversations that need to be had. If I could um, come in after that and thank you very much, Kate, for that shout out about one's health. I don't mind admitting my age on, on screen, but the reality is this: um, when we when we train as nurses and we qualify, for me it was a long time ago in the 1980s, and you become very aware very quickly that you're part of this system. When you become a registered nurse and you get your license from the state, from the government, or you be, in this country you get your PIN number. And you're working with allopathic physicians. And when you're new, you just new, you don't understand what it's all about. You gradually learn it's all about prescribing. And it's all about, as, as Kristen said, disease and pills. And, it, and, and doctors and nurses just become channels for the pharmaceutical companies to trundle their wares, their products into people's mouths, into their veins. And I started thinking about this way back in the 1980s. 1987, I started a master's in nursing at King's College London. And, and there was a great sense in those days of nursing as an independent practice of medicine, away from medicine, nursing as therapy, nursing as its own intervention, nothing to do with physicians and allopathic physicians and allopathic medicine and pills and treatments and surgeries. And this was starting to be destroyed by the evidence-based movement. The evidence-based medicine movement and the evidence-based nursing movement wanted to ally nursing much more closely with the pharmaceutical industry, much more closely with products 
and with marketing products and with the finance that comes with that. And you could see this, this, this battle between nursing as something independent of allopathy and nursing as subjugated under the pharmaceutical industry. And a very good example of this, if people want to look it up, is the therapeutic touch movement in nursing in the 1970s and 80s. There's a whole practice of nursing which looked very much like spiritual healing. It's about touch as a therapeutic intervention from nurses. And when I was doing my master's in nursing at King's College London, and let me tell you, King's College London is like Princeton University or Yale. It's sort of King's College London's up there like Oxford and Cambridge. It's a very prestigious university. I was very grateful to be accepted. And there were nurses working on their master's degrees looking at this whole area of therapeutic touch. And they were looking at how people had done experiments in it. Martha Rogers, the American nurse professor who's dead now, she did a lot of work with her doctoral students in New York University, uh, University of New York in New York City, about the whole evidence base for therapeutic touch. And this conflicted with the pharmaceutically driven evidence-based movement in the 90s and, and, and people started to try and target nurses that were looking at nursing as a therapy. And those nurses moved out of uh, orthodox services into what we call complementary and alternative treatments. They moved more onto the fringes where they could practice and, and this was excluded and as the evidence-based nursing movement became more aligned with pharmaceuticals and the evidence-based medicine movement, some of it coming out of McMaster University in, 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 in um, North America and the University of York in, in UK, this, this battle is still ongoing and you found the power base of the evidence-based movement has become so voluminously important and it's driven by protocol driven protocol driven medicine and surgery and nursing and you know Rachel Sellers written about this and talked about this how evil this is because it's about nursing become robotic becoming a, a, like a formula not independent critical thinking under the power of the pharmaceutical industry and this is where we are now with COVID and SARS-CoV-2, it's just another example of it. It's just an acute example of it. It's been chronically ill for a long time and the symptoms have been there right from the word go when I trained as a nurse and I was first a staff nurse in the 1980s. So this is an ongoing thing. And also this move to push everything into hospitals, to medicalize childbirth, to medicalize psychological disease into psychiatry and to push everything into acute facilities, high cost, allopathic, pharmaceutically driven and to bankrupt the economy, which is what's happened really. Very good example of this is what's happened in the UK with our state run National Health Service. It's become a bottomless pit and the money goes from your salary before you even get your salary the money's gone to the government to pay for it. You haven't even got a choice. You know, you're funding this satanic, evil complex, medico-industrial complex, 
even before you get your money from your employer or your own salary if you're self-employed. And this is the great evil that, that has been built. And now it's all going sour. It's all collapsing. It's like a souffle. When you take it out of the oven too quickly, it just goes <laughs> splat. And um, it just goes, it just collapses. And in the collapse, if you don't get out of the way, it's going to fall on top of you. And that's what you're seeing. Uh, Kristen said this very, probably a bit better than I did a few minutes ago. People have got to wake up and realize they've got to take responsibility for their own health. They can't expect the healthcare provider, their HMO, their general practitioner to do it for them. And they've got to take back control and they've got to learn this wisdom that's already there. I came from a family of nurses. Both my parents were nurses. My father was a mental health and a general nurse. My mother was an ER nurse, sister, charge nurse, ICU. And they were Irish. They already came from a background of what would be called folk medicine, folk healing. You know, we had this background of heritage of care in our family, and it had very little to do with allopathic medicine. In fact, my father is a the psychiatric nurse was very skeptical of orthodox medicine, as he called it. And he said, our bodies are our own and God gave them to us. They're not doctors. And I think this is the skepticism that we need to inculcate and to build on. And the practice that we've all been involved in to a greater lesser extent has been outside the mainstream. We have engaged with alternative and complementary. I don't like those terms. I'd like to see terms like intricative and naturopathic used more. And right from the word go, right when I was a staff nurse doing a master's degree in nursing, I was exposed to nursing as a therapy. In this UK in the 1980s, we had things called nursing development units, where nurses admitted, nurses prescribed, and nurses discharged. Doctors were advisory, and they weren't invited in the wards unless the patients wanted them. And very often they weren't needed, you know. So if we can do this, we can take over the system. We don't need to take it over. It's collapsing. So it, as Kate's saying, the BNA that we're building, the British Nursing Alliance, is going to, it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes of the allopathic services that are collapsing all around us on a daily basis. We don't really have to do anything. There's no big... Um, revolution to, to do to lead it's going to it's going to grow like the branches of a new tree grow from something old that people have thrown away and we've all seen these bits of wood that are thrown away and you think they're dead and suddenly they sprout new growth and suddenly they're taking over the whole thing organically and that's what's going to happen we've all done this health coaching um, I can think it was Grace or Rachel saying earlier, right from the word go, you mention you're a nurse in the family, people come to you, friends come to you. You don't really have to do anything formal, it's informal, it's health coaching. It's what would you do for this? What would you suggest for this? Well, you know, these things are very well known. Yes, we do need acute facilities. We do need to operate, there's always that that is needed. But let's face it, most orthopedic surgeons are more like carpenters, aren't they? And they're very aware of their own limitations. You know, they're not the ones going out trying to govern us with tests and drugs 
and, and dangerous things. They do their bit of carpentry and it either works or it doesn't and off you go. So I think, you know, there's going to be a role for all that, but it's going to be superseded by more intricative approaches, which I think we're all representative of to greater or lesser degree. And actually, I think that's the hopeful thing about the moment. You know, we see all this doom and gloom in the news and lockdowns and all this nonsense, but actually the hope is, this is what we're seeing happening, is this recrudescence, this regrowth of what's called folk medicine, folk knowledge, intrinsic to cultures, blending with our nursing as therapy, our nursing as our hands-on care. And nursing is all about comfort, making people feel comfortable. And, and, and it's not about pill popping, and it's not about high-tech interventions, and it's not about machines that make all funny noises and go blip in the night. It's actually about human touch, care, consideration. And when all of those are things are in place, you find just like women who go to natural childbirth, they need very little allopathic intervention. In fact, they can deliver without any of that. And that's always been there. So I think this is a very, very exciting time to live through. It's, it's, it's crazy and it's a bit hazardous and it's a bit dangerous, but actually, there are great things coming on the horizon, you can see them. So I'm very, very hopeful. And I want to give that as a, as a sort of topic really for people to think about. Thank you, Dr. Corbett. Um, when I first seen you on the, um, was it the expert speak? And I, I remember he was so calm and collected and he said, the only thing spreading is uh, fear and hysteria. And I just thought that was just so funny when he said it. And um, really inspired me. One thing I want to say real quick is that um, the global healthcare system has enslaved the minds of people to its primitive ideas, and it offers endless testing and no solution. As the People's Nurses International, we're here to educate and teach you how to heal yourself naturally so you can take authority over your health, okay? So if I can teach one person how to heal themselves, then they can teach their neighbor, and we become empowered, we're not helpless anymore. I see my survey of the land as a community nurse is people are helpless. If you get a virus, why are you running to the urgent care of the doctor? And they're gonna give you an antibiotic that kills bacteria, not a viral protein or a bioweapon. So, you know, knowing natural things, at the clinic I worked in in Florida, we were doing high dose ascorbic acid, vitamin C. And I know YouTube was saying that they would pull your channel down if, they, if you talked about it. And I'm not here to promote intravenous stuff, but I did intravenous peroxide. Um, we have UV lights, ultraviolet light that irradiates the blood. And this has been around forever and ever. We have super oxygen, we have IV ozone. So what happens when you put peroxide on mold? It bubbles up, it breaks things down. You know, if they have nanoparticles in your blood, peroxide is, is wonderful. These are all natural things. If you have toenail fungus, look at oregano oil. We don't need any of these allopathic drugs at all including getting people off thyroid medication, because I see that they're all misdiagnosed and they're iodine and selenium deficient. You need selenium in the conversion of T3 and T4. So when your doctor looks at, looks at your labs, you're like, oh, well, my labs are all normal. I, you know, I had my blood work done. No, it's not normal because he didn't order any mold testing on you. He didn't order any food sensitivity testing and gluten is a neurotoxin. I stopped eating gluten and my stomach went completely down and I knew better than to eat it 
but I'm finding this old neurotherapy archives from Dr. Kidd, Robert F. Kidd from Canada, and Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, this uh, German, it's neurobiology. So they started doing neurotherapy in Germany, procaine injections and, and, and different things, but it's all natural. But a lot of this illness stems from the vaccine injection sites, creating an imbalance in your field through the whole body. So we've all been given these jabs and stuff, but look guys, we have natural solutions for every health problem. And if you want to reverse disease naturally at home, you can contact me at fisherofmenministry.org and all the rest of the nurses here. We're here to empower you so that you're not a helpless victim of this allopathic beast system. Kate, anything? Kristen? Uh, the whole allopathic beast system that, um, that Rachel was talking Talking, she's talking about like the thyroid. It's really interesting because there is this, this very thing that happens. We see doctors going through med school. And I, I know that when I looked into this years ago, uh, when, I, when I had cancer, that the medical schools in the UK, several of them did nothing in five years on nutrition. And two of them, I think they did half a day. And one of the things that we see with women in the UK is they have this saying, fair, fat and 40 and they take the gallbladder out. So you have these women present and they'll get to that age and they might have, because of diet, they'll have um, sludge in their gallbladder or stones. And so they put them on a waiting list to remove the gallbladder. And as soon as you do that, it becomes very difficult to convert your inactive thyroid hormones, T4, to your active thyroid hormones, T3. So now you've got a big problem. And now you're gonna to start to get digestive problems because the thyroid converts your cholesterol to pregnenolone, progesterone and bile acid. Well, you take the, the gallbladder out. Now you're going to have lots of problems with your whole digestion and your gut. And this is where you start to see Crohn's creeping in. And look at all these things that they say. Look at the terminology that they use, their diagnostics. It really is pantomime. They call Crohn's colitis. What do you have? I've got colitis, inflammation of the colon. Itis is Latin for inflammation. So they're actually, they're giving you a diagnosis by giving you the title of your symptom. That's what they're giving you, just your symptom. So all of their drugs are like having a damp spot on the wall behind and just keep painting over it. And then telling you, okay, you go away. It's like cancer. We'll remove your breasts and you're cured. I've actually heard them say that. Your cancer is in the bin. No, your breasts are in the bin. The reason you got cancer is because you're so deficient and so toxic, you can't generate an immune response to repair or destroy that cell. And so it divides and it's a mutation. And it keeps on dividing. You've got a palpable detectable tumor. So what you now have is you just cut the symptom off. And what do we see? It just comes back somewhere else. And what do they tell us? Or oh, a little cell broke off and it hid. Those cells like to hide. And then they like to go all around your lymphatic system or your blood system and grow elsewhere. They migrate to distant places, distant metastases. That's actually a theory. It's not actually true. It's a theory that they all hang on to, like Darwin's theory of evolution. We all came from the apes or the dinosaurs. Nothing proven, just like the pandemic and this COVID-19, um, nothing actually proven and solid. It's a theory, but we all get taught it in school as real. So it isn't that, These, this pops up elsewhere at another point of weakness. It doesn't 
go off in your blood supply at all. It just grows elsewhere. So when we talk about, you know, removing the gallbladder, it's just setting these women up. And yet there is something fantastic. And no patient should really get to the stage where they're in an acute acute phase because you don't get the acute phase first you get lots of chronic little reminders that your gallbladder is congested you get this pain under the ribs and you can do a gallbladder flush and then of course what do we get we get that phrenic nerve that comes from the gallbladder comes out at the back of the neck then all the muscles start to go tight around it because you get inflammation and it can actually displace your vertebra. Then we get the pain going down the rotator cuff, down the arm. You can even lose the feeling of your fingers. And what do they then do? They send you to see an orthopedic surgeon. It's actually nothing to do with orthopedics. It's your gallbladder. But they don't teach them this. What we see is all of these quacks because the allopaths were the quacks and the naturopaths weren't. The satire of the century was the treatment would kill you with the allopaths and the disease would kill you with the naturopaths. They were the quacks. They're potions, they're horrible stuff. So what they do is they come along and you've got a cardiologist, you've got an endocrinologist. Whenever I see ologist, they're not looking at the whole body as, as a beautiful, beautiful piece of design where everything is joined and works in beautiful synchronicity. They each know their, their little system. Uh, you know, so I just, a gastroenterologist, the cardiologist, it's just, it's ridiculous to me. It's totally ridiculous. It's witchcraft and sorcery. It really is. And they are the quacks. And I think when we get that into our head, we are in charge here. There's a, it was a saying, I think it was, it was um, it was Arthur Miller, the playwright, who was married to Marilyn Monroe. And I read what he said and I loved it. I read it um, in a, uh, a book of another gentleman who had cancer and he um, he cured, cured, he cured himself. And it was Arthur Miller, the playwright. He said, when we put our trust in idols, idolatry, we become but children. When we put our trust in God, therefore ourselves, because God is within us, we become open to infinite awareness and possibilities. And it's all there. And I hung on to that right at the beginning of cancer. And I'm here today, nine and a half years later, and I've hung on to my gallbladder and I I intend to hang on to every other part of my body appendages. Um, And that's what I want for my patients. I don't want to see any other woman having her breast cut off or ovaries removed or anything else, or even to get to that point. You shouldn't get to that point. Iodine, lack of iodine in the human body is the biggest promoter of disease. Lack of iodine in the thyroid leads to lack of iodine in the breasts. And what do we then get? Fibrocystic breast disease, which is what? A precursor to cancer. It's all linked, but they don't tell you that. They put everybody on this horrible synthetic thyroid medication. And as soon as you do that, you stop the thyroid taking up iodine. Nobody tells you do not have fluoride, chlorine, bromine. Bromine's in all your fire retardants. In fact, many drugs have fluoride in them. So they're just poisoning us from the cradle to the grave and charging us for the pleasure along the way. Well, no more, not on my watch, not on everyone on this panel's watch, not on God's watch.
beautiful, beautifully expressed, Kate. And uh, I'm really very happy that we are doing this. And I'm so proud to really get to know all of you and be proud of what you're all doing. And in the, the time is so difficult and it's scary, of course, but it's just such a fertile opportunity. It's a perfect opportunity because I've learned so much also in the last year of just connecting just such a bigger picture of from talking about physical body to cosmic approach to, you know, those things that were continuously hidden from us. It was just a perfect time. So we do understand that it's difficult. We, you want to protect your family, et cetera, et cetera. But once you let that fear um, wrap you around, then you will never see any option. And we, we even haven't spoken about a lot of emotions because I don't, I'm not surprised that like in United States, people really like became such a shipple because well, I, I, I bet there's a lot of uh, people who have been, uh, who their gallbladder has been taken away. So, so you know, because in ancient indigenous and medicine, every part of our body has emotional component to that. And so if we, we, we were part of that, but fear not, there's always a solution to whatever we've been through. And that's why if you hear it, you know, you know from among us, we came out of certain cocoon in all different stages. So just like, just so I want to invite everyone to be like a butterfly, okay? We're planting the seed now and we will continue to do it. So it's grow from, you know, from stage to stage. So um, just maybe last one, one statement from each of us, especially on where you want people to get in touch with you or call to action. So then we can continue. And this will not be the last one. Of course, we will continue to come together and in whatever way. Yeah, um, if okay, I was gonna wrap up with um, just something from Rudolf Steiner, because I think it's really relevant now. And I'm kind of an, I'm an outdoorsy person. I get all my grounding and support from being outside and just connecting in nature. And I always say like, that's where you can observe and get all the answers because we are nature, we are interconnected. We share a breath with the plants and that was by, desi by design um, that we exchange this beautiful breath like with, with the plants around us. So we are interconnected. It's time to get outside because the more we push away from nature, the more we become disconnected from the truth. We become more reliant on, you know, these symptoms um, or systems, sorry, and um, synthetic injections and everything else. But really, the more time you spend outside and you realize how everything was created perfectly and with a purpose and by intention, and we are a part of that, it becomes so much easier to kind of understand why we're here. And the, the answers are really simple. And, you know, Rudolf Steiner was aware of this um, back in the early 1900s. And I just think it's really relevant today. So if that's okay, I'm just going to read that to end off on it. So in the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine under the pretext of a healthy point of view. There will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit. To the materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease. So in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people 
thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. Madness in quotation marks. He would be extremely smart, but he would not develop a conscience. And that is the true goal of some materialistic circles. With such a vaccine, you can easily make the etheric body loose in the physical body. Once the etheric body is detached, the relationship between the universe and the etheric body would be would become extremely unstable and man would become an automaton for the physical body of man must be polished on this earth by spiritual will. So the vaccine becomes a kind of aromantic force. Man can no longer get rid of a given materialistic feeling. He becomes materialistic of constitution and can no longer rise to the spiritual. So that was like right in the early 1900s. And I think we're kind of seeing that in full force right today. So I think most importantly, what has been taken away from the allopathic system by intent on purpose, as Steiner said, is the connection to spirit. So that's why it's more important than ever to get outside, to disconnect from everything around us, our phones and social medias and, you know, the hustle and bustle of today and get outside and take a deep breath and really focus on that connection that we have with nature and get back our spiritual connection to a higher um, divine to God, because that's where we're going to find all our answers and support and moving forward in all this. Perfect. Fantastic. Perfect ending. Um, unless uh, I, I just wanted to end a verse unless uh, Kevin wants to have another few more wisdom. Go ahead. Um, well, just drawing on what all of you just said, which is phenomenal. Um, there are so many, so many amazing nursing leaders from the past. Go back to Florence Nightingale and read what she said about disease. She didn't believe in the germ theory. In North America, you've had fantastic nurses, nurse academics, clinicians like Patricia Benner, Martha Rogers, Dorothea Oram, all these nursing leaders were really, really bright. They saw nursing as independent of allopathy. They had lots of problems with it. In the United Kingdom, you had, like I've just mentioned Florence Nightingale, but you had the Roper Logan Tierney model. These were nurse academics. These were clinicians. We've got all these people that we can draw on in our own practice. Virginia Henderson, you know, we've got all these role models from the history of nursing, nursing separate to allopathic medicine, nursing separate to medicine, nursing as therapy, nursing who, nurses who can do, nurses who can do it all, you know, and who can prescribe, who can treat, who can reverse disease. That's the, the, the modern term, cure, why not use, we've got to take back these terms, you know, that we're told we can't use. Heal, healing leg ulcers, you know, you don't need the Doppler machine. You know, all this high-tech stuff, you know, is really, it is, a, 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 it's, it's actually a, a disconnect. It's, a, you know, all this social media, we've got to come off this. I'm really, really concerned about things like Telegram and all, I know we use all this stuff, but do we really need it? And, and like Kristen says, you can live outdoors, connected to the earth, your feet on the earth in the morning, the sun going up, rising and setting. And, you know, I'm, I, I, we need to get 
into this really in a, in a very material way and not to, not to be misguided by all this technology. And these people like Weisenberg in the 60s and 70s, they knew that the technology is a red herring. Machines make decisions, algorithms make decisions, but only humans can make a judgment. Only humans can choose. Machines can't choose. They just make decisions on algorithms. It looks on the surface like a choice, but it's not. Only humans can make choices because we are God-given. We are created in the image of, and we are spiritual, and we live in a spiritual, we have a spiritual phenomenon presence. And that's what allopathy doesn't want. It doesn't acknowledge it. It's agnostic to it. It doesn't see us as anything but a mechanism, a mechanism to inject, to control, to herd, and to, to lock down, basically. So that's, that's what I think about this. Amen to that. So perfect ending. I'd like to share Luke chapter 10, verse 19, shared to me by Rachel Suller. And it says, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I'd like to say thank you for those who appreciate this conversation. We say thank you. If you like it, please share it to others. And I will put all the information, contact information for each and everyone. Don't hesitate to reach out. In my language, I say mabalos. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's an honor to be here with all of you. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. God bless all of you. Thank you for being in the spirit of unity and truth today. God bless and God bless you all out there. Mm -hmm.